Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Welcome, writing friends. As I record, it's June 28th, uh, 19... Wow, I might just leave that in for comic value. It's actually June 28th, 2016. It's not 19 anything, my friends. And this is episode number four of How Do You Write? A little bit about what's been going on this week. Um, Well, today, it's Tuesday. That means uh, that's when a lot of books come out is Tuesday. Did you know that? And today, my new book, On the Market, just released. It's the first in the Ballard Brothers series. It's set in Darling Bay, like a bunch of my other books. And it is super fun. It was really fun to write. Um, I wrote a blog post over at yeoldybloggy, rachelherron.com, about why I wrote this. It is a reality TV romance series, and I spent a lot of my life mocking reality TV. It's entirely mockable. There are some things to really dislike about reality TV, I think. I don't like, I don't like when people are mean. I don't like when people are doing things just to make somebody else look bad. Um, I don't like crap talk about people. So all of those things do happen in reality TV. And they're not nice and they're not fun. Um, But there are some really admirable things about reality TV. I think at their best, they show people trying to achieve their dreams. You know, think about Project Runway where these people are, are creating their own designs. That's my favorite show. Um making clothes out of practically nothing sometimes to show their voice. Um, even The Bachelor, come on. I love that show. I can't, I can't handle it. It's about finding love. And even though it's entirely fake, it's entirely set up and staged. And if you're watching the show Unreal, you kind of see that a little bit. Um, But I still love watching it because I think deep down, everyone wants love. All of those women on that show want love. The Bachelor wants love. Um, And what these shows do is they provide us an escape. And sometimes life is difficult, Uh, especially lately. The news has been difficult. seems like 2016 has been hard for a lot of people. And I know that sometimes I just want to lose myself in a reality that is not mine. I don't want to go real dark into a show like The Americans, which I love, but it's it's not a light romp. And reality TV really can be a light romp. So I wanted to write a romance re- involving reality TV set in Darling Bay. It's basically the Property Brothers meets The Bachelor. These three brothers are contacted by a network. Um, they want them to sell these women houses. Liam is the realtor. He's the one who sets up the selling of the house. The brother, the other, the other two brothers, Jake and Aiden, do the fixing, the construction. Um, this is Liam's book. And it turns out that Felicia, the network executive who comes down to swing this deal in Darling Bay, ends up falling in love with this house that has an enormous redwood tree at the center of it. And she needs this house. So she actually accidentally becomes the star of her own reality show. She never meant that to happen. Um, so it's fun. It's a romp. It's an escape. And, uh, if you read it, I hope you like, it, and I hope you tell me what you think about it. I'd love to hear that. Um, other news, 
I've started that sexy new thriller I talked about. It's got cliffhangers and action. And of course, because I'm writing it, the action is low and the emotions are high. But I'm going to work on maybe moving that around, shifting that around. My other podcast is about to launch. I'm doing it with Carolyn Jewell. And we call it The Business of Writing in Romance. So if you are a romance writer interested in the mechanics behind romance writing, the business of it all, um, come join us. That'll shortly be available on Stitcher and iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, so I've been doing a lot. I just realized today that I'm kind of the boss. I'm the boss of, um, Rachel Heron. And sometimes that means that I give myself a little bit of breathing room. I didn't want to write today, so I'm not going to write today. I'm going to write on Saturday, which I've been trying to take a day off from, but, uh, it's exciting to launch a book and I'm too excited about the shininess of the internet and people talking about the book. So I'm there instead of doing my writing and my boss says that is okay. Um, so I plan on rewarding my boss with a nice big lunch very soon and possibly some ice cream. So I hope that you're having a wonderful day and we're going to jump right into the interview uh, with Adrienne Selt and I know that you're going to enjoy this. She was a delight to interview. So I hope your week is going well and here's the interview. All right. Good morning, Adrienne. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Listeners, I'm with Adrienne Selt and she lives in Tucson, Arizona. Her debut novel, The Daughters, is from W.W. Norton, and it won the 2015 Penn Southwest Book Award and was named a Best Book of the Year by NPR, which is huge and amazing. And she also publishes a webcomic most every Wednesday at loveabongthelampreys.com, which I am really enjoying too. Some fantastic animals <laughs> over there and a very awesome sense of humor. So welcome. Thanks so much for being a guest on How Do You Write? It's my absolute pleasure. Yay. Okay, well, let me um, ask you some questions about process because writers always want to hear about this. What is the best time of day for you to write? I have found that the best time of day for me to write is right in the morning. I pretty much get up, get dressed, walk the dog, and then I write for at least an hour, if not more. And that's partially something I came to because I have a day job that I start right after that writing period and it's copywriting. So I used to, I used to always write in the afternoons and I had just found that I couldn't keep that up. <laughs> um, I would be too tired and then I wouldn't get any writing done and then I would be a monster um, and I would hate myself. <laughs> and so I thought I'm going to experiment with getting up a little earlier and writing in the morning when I'm fresh. And that has been working out great for me. Um, and I tend to get sort of a second wind at like four, four or five, um, but yeah, the morning is the best. Oh, I'm a little jealous of that second wind. Sometimes I force myself into the second wind, but it's never very pretty. <laughs> and I like what you say about the grumpiness. I find if I don't write, I become just a beast to be around. Yeah, I feel, I feel terrible. But yeah. And, and yeah, in the second wind, I am sometimes better or worse at taking advantage of. <laughs> <laughs> I also like naps around that time. Okay, yep. and how do you write? Do you write longhand, computer? What program do you use? Um, I tend to draft on the computer in Microsoft Word. Um, my husband is always trying to get me to try other ways because he thinks it's like a dinosaur of a system, which is probably true. Um, but it's just what works for me. Um, and I do I do some drafting and some a, a lot of note taking on longhand. And I always do my revision printed out 
uh, well, I mean, I, I don't write it out longhand, but I print it and then make notes on it and then go back, um, and, and go back into the computer. But for some reason, I think because I, so I, I find that so often I can't write with longhand as fast as I can think, but I can type as fast as I can think yes. that works a little better for me. I have a point of pride too, in that I really, I'm really proud of myself for how well I can wrangle word at this point. You know, like at, at my last job, I was the word whisperer. If somebody needed help, I was the one to emergency come and fix it. So yeah, there's some kind of, it's like driving an old Jeep, you know, you know how to run it. I know how to run word. <laughs> that is the perfect metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you write most of the time? Um, so this space that I'm in right now is a new writing studio that we just finished renovating. Um, so it doesn't have any art up on the walls yet. And you can sort of see in the background, there's my awesome bookshelf that I'm going to soon have books on. Um, but this place is, it's just like totally magical and I love it. And so I haven't, I mean, it's only been up and running for like a month, so I haven't written here that much yet, but I, it's already been amazing. That is um, wonderful. I always have a space in my house that's carved up. And this is just the best one. Um, but I'm also the writer in residence for the Pima County Library System this summer. So I'm doing some writing at, at the library too. Oh, how cool. That's really, really awesome. I love that. Okay. And what secret writing tip of awesomeness did you discover the hard way? <laughs> uh, that revision is necessary. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. I always knew that. But I think... Actually, it's less revision and more time. Um, I have a real bad habit of wanting to show people my beautiful mess as soon as I've written it. Me and um, that is something that I have just sort of had to force myself to stop doing as much. Um, I, I have one really wonderful writing best friend um, who luckily has a life and so I'll send her things and say read this right now it's so great and then of course she won't get to it immediately because she's a human and also has her own writing to do and then by the time she actually does I'll probably have sent her a completely revised version <laughs> so that's like its own built-in system perfect. that's absolutely perfect because it makes you happy to send it off it makes her happy she reads it in her time, and you get to do these revisions and send them to her, and then she gets to read them. That's, I think you worked that out really well. Totally. It's really weird because I, like, even in the moment, like, I know intellectually yes. that I should just hold on to it, but I actually do need that weird psychological release of sending it to someone. I do, too. I did that yesterday. I wrote a synopsis for a book that I knew was the best thing that has ever happened in the in the history of the universe, and I sent it to my agent, and luckily she read it right then, and she called me. She's like, okay, so here are the problems with this idea, and when she pointed them out, they were all obvious, and I knew them, but I needed to send that synopsis out that second, that very, very, very second. It had to go. I yeah, my agent is also really good about that. She's always like, she's, she, she's such a super cheerleader that she'll be like, hey, this is great, buddy, but here's the six-page list of things you need to do, <laughs> which is a good uh, combination for me. <laughs> yeah, for me, my agent is pretty blunt, and I really I really take bluntness well. I, I, it took a long time to learn that, but I, I like now that she's like, oh, no, my Aunt Judy does not want to read that, Rachel. Uh -uh. All right, let me ask you, how do you refill the creative well for yourself when, when you're yeah. running dry? Um. A lot of reading, usually I can tell that I'm, I, I just, I have um, my writing time, like I said, in the morning set up. And if I am just sitting there, 
every day for like a week, I know that something is wrong. And it's usually that I just finished writing a draft of a book or something. And I, I logically need some time off. Um, so I, I have a hard time. I'm really type A, so I have a hard time getting myself to stop um, or like giving myself a break. So I often will transition out a little bit by working on comics. Mm-hmm. I, I do that anyway, but I'm working very, very, very slowly on a bigger project that I hope will turn into a graphic novel. And mm-hmm. I have way more patience for that for some reason. Like I don't feel the need to send it to anyone right away. Um, and so I, I can just do like hours and hours of, of drawing and inking. And that is something I can do while I'm watching TV or or like listening to a podcast. And so that helps me sort of get to a place where I am calmer. Yeah. And, and then if I have, if I'm having trouble getting into reading as like a fun activity, which is always like the best thing to do, I will try just like going for something that's sort of brain candy. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know, I'll just reread another Harry Potter book. Oh, I love Harry Potter. And then I usually can just like jump into more like obsessive compulsive, like, pleasure reading. Awesome. Do you think that your need to get stuff out there and seen is alleviated a little bit in the comic process by the fact that you put uh, one up a week on Love Among the Lampreys? Yeah, I definitely do think that that helps hit that button a little bit. Um, And that's part of actually why I started doing the comic is that I was in grad school and I just wanted something that was all mine that didn't have to go through workshop that didn't have to be seen by my advisor that I wasn't, you know, that it it really wasn't at that point part of my professional identity. Um, It was just something I was doing for fun that I had total control over. And that continues to be a really nice outlet for me. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'm really enjoying it. Um, Can you give us a quick craft tip of some sort? Yes, a craft tip besides just wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good craft tip. <laughs> yeah, so one of my favorite craft tips is um, to when you're building your characters and you're doing um, maybe like writing a character dossier or just like sort of figuring out for yourself who your character is in a way that not all of it is going to go into the, the, the book or the story, mm-hmm. is to think about what if they have a primary physical sense so, you know, some people will be really into the sense of smell. Some people will hear something and it will trigger memories. Um, and sort of moving from that, figure out what that means about them and what how they're going to interact with the world. Um, and for a sort of fun aside, I guess that sort of pushes that further. I also like to figure out if my characters have a flight or a fight response, <laughs> uh, which I always tell the story when I was in high school, I had a best friend who would often sneak up behind me and bite my shoulder and say, monster attack. And I would always go, oh, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, doing that. Uh, and one day I thought that, you know, turnabout is fair play. So I'm going to do this to her. And I snuck up behind her and I bit her shoulder and said, monster attack. And she went, bam, <laughs> which is just to me the perfect crystallization of how fight versus flight can play out in a really casual ca- character setting like that was such the perfect embodiment of who she and I both were at that point um, I love both of those tips so much and I'm going to add them to my arsenal I think that is fantastic <laughs> now what is your in, in your uh, personally what is your sense that is strongest I think that in terms of triggering memory probably 
scent is. Um, I love, I love sound. My, my eyes aren't great. I love looking at stuff, but my eyes aren't great. And my ears are actually like one this year I had a benign tumor in called a cholesteatoma that I had to have removed. And now one of my ear bones is gone. Um, so I, my hearing is so, so I'm a big eater, but that's actually more scent too. I do like having my back scratched. So touch is good, but I think that overall as like a defining character trait, it would have to be either scent or touch. For me, it's definitely scent. I, I'm kind of a dog in the way I just, I sniff the air all the time and I have a, I have a little smart car convertible and basically when the top is down, I'm just riding in the car, just like a dog, just smelling everything. I can smell there's smoke over there and there's, there's a skunk over there and there's, I can smell the weed that the guy in the car in front of me is smoking. And yeah, I, I love moving through the world like that. I'm going to use both of those. Thank you so much. You're that welcome. Awesome. And um, I would love it if you could plug your book a little bit right now, The Daughters, um, just maybe a little uh, the elevator pitch for it. I'm happy to do so. Oh, there it is. The Daughters just came out in paperback um, oh, awesome. on seventh. So this is the beautiful paperback. That is gorgeous. It's a beautiful cover. Um, so The Daughters is a novel about um, a, an operatic soprano named Lulu who's uh, who has just given birth to her first child. And... and she was raised, Lulu was raised by her mother primarily to believe in this set of, of familial myths that um, a, an ancestor of theirs in um, pre-World War II Poland made a deal with the devil so that all of the women in their family would be progressively more beautiful and more musically talented at a cost. And you can never know what your individual cost is going to be. Oh, nice. So she is sort of grappling with her, be- like, her level of belief in these stories um, and she's also estranged from her mother, who was a jazz singer and sort of an alcoholic. Um, and she, but she, her mother sort of told a, a more realistic version of the stories that sort of tie them back to survivors' guilt and World War II. Um, so you get her Lulu's story in the present, and then also the the different versions of how how those myths played out in the past. That sounds absolutely beautiful, and I cannot wait to read it. It's on the top of my to be red pile right now. And I also, I just, this is such a dumb thing to say, but I love the name Lulu. I just, I just Thank love you. that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been an absolute delight to have you on Adrian. I hope that you have a wonderful day and get a little writing time in there if you can. And we'll talk to you soon. Oh, where can, where can people find you online? Um, they can find me online at adrianselt.com or at loveamongthelampreys.com or I am at Celt Adri, C-E-L-T-A-D-R-I on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. So Okay. Awesome. And I will continue chatting at you there too. So thank you, Adrian. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, where I live, or Facebook, where I don't, and look for the show notes and more fun at howdoyouwritepodcast.com. You can also support my Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a dollar an essay. Just go to patreon.com backslash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L, and now go to your desk and perform some of your own feats of writing daring do. Create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.